Hey, everybody. It's Sean Harwell. You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast, and thank you for doing that. This is the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen right on through our cracks. This is a tee-up episode. We're going to download some info straight into your brains on another movie for the month of October. But let me first introduce my co-host, and uh, we'll get into it. So say hello, Craig Moorhead, without saying hello, Craig Moorhead. Hello, Craig. Without saying hello, Craig Moorhead. Thank you. Okay, I was I was hoping right. you would do oh. that. Okay, good. Yeah. Awesome, Craig. How are you? I'm doing all right, Sean. Uh, I'm just here uh, doing my podcast work, working hard. How are you doing? Yeah, same, man. Mm. It's you know, it's a job. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. Uh, and this is what Payless Caskets is paying us for. So yes. every let's week. thank them again for being our. Our sponsor out there in L.A., uh, Craig. Yeah. We're going across the pond today in part two of our look at movies that won Oscars. Mm-hmm. The best costume design, the category that neither of us pay too much attention to, and we should. Sure. Because it's important. You know, you can't have movies where people just walk around naked. That wouldn't be good. Well. Uh, we're going to talk about Darling from 1965. And first, Craig, you got to point people where they can find us on the web if they'd like to do so. Okay. Uh, well, people of Earth, uh, we are at, you can find us at neverheardpodcast.com. That's our website. You can listen to every, you can listen to every episode we've done right mm. there if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should have links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to uh, get in touch with us, those are the places you can really get in touch with us. Uh, let us know if there's a movie you want to wa- you want us to watch and talk about, or uh, you know maybe you just uh, you're having a problem with your boyfriend, and we could talk about you know relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. We're really here. We're here for whatever. We're here for you. We're so, therapy. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, we're not Our licensed therapists. Right. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't. Yeah, no. No. But, but we is, will give really? you legal advice, and we are definitely not lawyers. Whatever you need, that's why we're here. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, supplements, we got them. So oh, man, we got yeah. If you need some extra B twelve or some D three right now, we got we're kind of overstocked. What is what does D three do? Um, I think it's good for your heart. Oh, like beans. Is it beans? Beans are good for your heart. Okay. Yes. Okay. They are. What happens? Yeah. They. They're the musical fruit, Sean. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Do you have another one of those to complete the trilogy of beans-related fart jokes? (sighs) No, those are the only two. I know. We need to come up with a new rhyme. Hmm. What? No beans? All right, Craig. That's enough beans talk for one episode. Um, It's not enough for two episodes. We'll definitely do it again. But before we do that, let's talk about Darling. Uh, again, this is from 1965, and you've got all the details on who made this thing. You're right, I do, Sean. Let's get right into it. Uh, Darling was directed by none other than John Schlesinger. Schlesinger, that's right. Yeah. If you really lean into it, you just sound drunk when you say his last yeah. name, which I think is kind of fitting for, yeah. It is. It's like the equivalent of like just falling on Schlesinger. pillows. Schlesinger. Yeah. Schlesinger. Uh, but man, he is the esteemed director of such movies as Midnight Cowboy, 
Marathon Marathon Man. <laughs> uh, Pacific Heights, which was always a, a nice little '90s programmer. You yeah. like uh, Michael Keaton, and anyway, Who and, and the the Believers, which is always a the really weird uh, horror movie. Never seen that. Oh yeah, Martin Sheen, and anyway, you should check it out. It's 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 weird. It's weird. There are holes in it. There are kind of holes in it. But those yeah. holes kind of make it more interesting in okay. a weird way. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I recommend anything that's got Schlesinger's name on it. When somebody asks you whose movie you're watching, you say Schlesinger. Uh, our writers of Darling, we've got Frederick Raphael, maybe Frederic Raphael. This dude wrote Eyes Wide Shut. Maybe yes. you've heard of it. Yes, he did. Yes. And also another movie that has one of my, I believe it was the ending, one of my favorite endings of all time that we watched at film school, I think was Two for the Road. Do you remember watching Two for the Two Road? Two for the Road? No. Huh? Okay. It's like an Audrey Hepburn movie. Uh, who's, who's the dude in it? I can't remember. Who cares? Audrey Hepburn's in it. Uh, Mickey Rooney? Sure. Why not? We'll throw him in there. Okay. Uh, two for the road. Check it out. Okay. Um, like a shocking ending, a good, just a good ending. No, what I remember of it is that, hmm, it's one of those where it was supposed. It's a, it's a good movie, but it's one of those where like, it felt like the ending was supposed to be really intense, and maybe it was back then. Mm-hmm. But the way it's shot and everything, sort of just becomes hilarious. Oh, like melodrama, hilarious. Okay, kind of, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, it's worth the watch. It's not just like, okay, you don't have to be like condescending to it to to kind of laugh at it. You know, it's just it's just it's funny. You can you know, anyway. So, uh, Joseph, mm, Joseph Yanni, or sure. Johnny could be either one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm guessing Yanni, uh, who uh, he has a writing credit on another movie called The Glass Mountain. Oh, good title. Sounds pretty, yeah. Now, the movie was produced also by Joseph Yanni Johnny, whichever is the correct name. Uh, And he produced such movies as Yanks and The Glass Mountain. Uh, We have Victor Linden also produced this movie. He produced such movies as Dr. Strangelove, maybe. Really? Okay. You've heard of it. Yeah, I have. Um, and then Seen our, f- well, yeah, uh, several times. And our, our last producer here, Joseph E. Levine. We've talked about him, I think, a good bit on this uh, podcast. Like, for whatever re- oh, no, it was, um, ah, now, now I got it. I know what it was now. I was like, what, what was the movie that we did? Do you remember off the top of your head, Sean? We did a movie uh, produced by Joseph E. Levine. Oh, geez. It was one of our earliest ones. Yeah, it totally sounded familiar to me. Um, was it Manhunt? Uh, Twas not. Soldier Blue. Soldier Blue. Look at that. Joseph E. Levine, uh, yes, produced such movies as Soldier Blue, The Graduate, or as I've typed it here, The Garduit. <laughs> it didn't uh-huh. autocorrect that? Okay. No, no. Thanks a lot, computer. Uh, the Day of the Dolphin. Really? Everybody, please watch The Day of the Dolphin. I still got to, yeah. I know oh, it's, my it's one of your faves. Yeah. It really is. It. Yeah. 
uh, and carnal knowledge. He, but he has a ton of yeah, just cool. a lot of your favorite movies, most yeah. likely. Uh, music by John Dankworth. It's a great name. Dankworth. Dankworth. How much is your Dankworth? No, it's worth mm. a lot. Mm. Get me Dankworth. <laughs> I need, I need a Dankworth score. Uh, but uh, he did the music for uh, Modesty Blaze, among other things. I've never seen Modesty Blaze. I've, that doesn't ring a bell at all to me. Oh, okay. The, the title I, I've, I've heard many times, and I, I feel okay. like I should see it. Uh, cinematography, Sean, is by Kenneth Higgins, who shot Georgie Girl, another movie I've never seen, but another title that pops up a lot. Yeah. And an, another movie with the title The Strange Case of the End of Civilization as We Know It. Wow. Sounds at least long, if not interesting. (laughs) But, yeah, I'll investigate. Uh, Film editing is by Jim Clark. Good old Jim Clark. You can always count on Jim. Yep. Jim Clark to come in. That's what what his name sounds like to me. He edited The Killing Fields, uh, The Mission. I've not seen either of those. Neither have I. And uh, the movie Charade. Um amongst others he seems like he's he's done all right for himself yeah. and the movie having actors uh I'm, I'll, I'll talk about them now uh it's starring julie christie who is just i love julie christie so much yeah she was in dr Zhivago. she was in fahrenheit 451 she was in uh don't look now i won't don't look now sean <laughs> but julie christie's in don't look now yeah uh lawrence harvey is in this movie. He was in The Manchurian Candidate and The Alamo. Yeah. Dirk Bogard. Dirk Bogard is probably how I'm supposed to say it. Bogard. That's, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great, like, 60s it is, yeah. movie star name. Totally. Uh, Dirk Bogard was in A Bridge Too Far and another movie called May We Borrow Your Husband. <laughs> sure, you may. Which seemed, yeah, so polite. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of other people in the movie, but we've got Schlesinger in there in an uncredited role Ooh. as theater director. So okay, keep a look yeah. out for look the for theater that. director in the movie, and you will be staring into the face of the man who gave you Schlesinger. Pacific Heights Schlesinger. And when you see him, I want you to I want you to mutter that out loud. Okay, Just say Schlesinger. <laughs> That's right. We'll do. And uh, and if, if there's a particularly good bit of music maybe scream out dankworth okay make let's make that a thing yeah it's like a game yeah uh but now that is all the info i have on that stuff sean cool so what i'm wondering is what are the what were the scenes behind the scenes the scenes behind the scenes were clean Hmm. not really uh this movie was made from uh i saw between three hundred thousand and four hundred thousand pounds Mm. which I think equates to about $49 million billion in okay. U.S. money. I didn't, I right. didn't do the conversion math online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shot from August to December in 1964. They filmed in London, Notting Hill, Shepperton Studios, Heathrow Airport, Berkshire, etc. They Everywhere in England. They were just, they had the whole country under wraps. And... Uh, they also went to various places in Rome and Paris. So we're doing a bit of country hopping. Mm. Um, yeah, over Sounds there fun. in this movie. Sounds fun. Sounds swinging. Uh, Craig, would you believe Shirley MacLaine was originally cast in Julie Christie's role? 
I find that impossible to believe. Well, it's true, apparently. Okay. Uh, but she did drop out. Audrey Hepburn, Elizabeth Taylor, and Monica Vitti were all considered at various points, which, I, you know, all those are great. None of them, I don't know Monica Vitti that well, but the others seem older to me than when I think of Julie Christie. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but Perhaps. I didn't, I don't know. We'll see it and see if it would make sense to just pop one of those actresses in there in this role. Mm-hmm. We'll see what we think. Uh, John Cassavetes, William Holden, two other actors I weren't quite familiar with were all considered for the role played by Dirk Bogart. Would have been interesting to see Cassavetes in there. Fair enough. That's kind of interesting. Uh, this was the second movie that Christy made with Schlesinger. She went on to make uh, another, and those th- other two are Billy Liar and Far From the Madding Crowd. Mm-hmm. And years later, she confessed that this was a very difficult project, Craig. Really? Why Why was that shot? Well, I think it was just creatively. She said that um, apparently, you know, like all movies or most movies, they shot out of sequence. You know, you can't just start with scene one. And film that and then, you know, go no. along page by page. That's True. expensive. And uh, uh, she found that a little bit jarring, apparently. And also by the fact that a lot of the sequences were extremely short and constantly being revised during the course of shooting. So she felt like she didn't know whether her character was coming or going from one moment to the next. Mm. I read that that's kind of what is neat about the movie in, in some aspects. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what we think about that and sure. how that kind of affects that character and her performance in it. Uh, Schlesinger claimed that the original idea for this movie came from a chance remark made to him by the newspaper columnist Godfrey Wynn uh, when uh, he was playing a brief role in Billy Liar. Mm-hmm. And the character that Christie plays was based on a real person that this Godfrey Wynn had known. Uh, I don't know if she's aware of that, and maybe she should sue. That would yeah. be smart. Probably. You can uh, retain th- our services. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yes, all our legal mm-hmm. services. Uh, the movie apparently premiered, uh, not in England, Craig, not in the UK, in Moscow, at the Moscow Film Festival, July 15, 1965, and then went really? not to the UK, but to the United States in August uh, August 3rd there of that year, and then finally showed up in its backyard uh, of the UK in September 16. Uh, it was known as Darling Cherie in France, because of course it was. Of course. Uh, taglines here with this movie, you know, we didn't ha- I didn't really see any for Gate of Hell, but um, I'm excited about this, because 60s, you know, you got to have a tagline. Sure. Uh, there's some good ones here. A powerful and bold motion picture ellipsis made by adults ellipsis with adults ellipsis for adults that's that one i feel like they don't need all those uh, ellipses personally i don't know but it looked good on the poster yeah Uh, they also did shame shame everybody knows your name um Hmm. and then i found a poster for a double feature and uh it it was this movie and another movie called Poor Cow, which uh, oh, it's a good title until you see a picture of a woman in lingerie uh, above that title and this tagline that was stripper socialite. They had something in common. They 
were common, and were was like underlined capitals. So I was like, well, damn, that's that seems mm-hmm. yeah, it seems a little pointed. Uh, box office, Craig. Now apparently, this movie didn't do so hot at home. It only earned, uh, according to I think Schlesinger's agent, uh, two hundred fifty thousand pounds there. Mm-mm. But they sold the U.S. rights to Levine. Uh, for 900 grand, and uh, he turned that around and made quite the profit. It was a big hit in the United States. It made $12 million total at the global box office. Fair enough. Uh, any guesses as the number one movie of 1965, Craig? 1965. I'm going with. Oh, going with. It's an easy one, Sean. We're going with uh, 1965, Bonnie hey, and Clyde. Uh, no, it was uh, The Sound of Music made $138 million. So does it, it has to, when you ask that, it has to be a movie that came out in 1965? Uh, well, I, I mean, I would, I would think so, yes. Okay. okay <laughs> Did Bonnie and Clyde come out in 65? What's that? Bonnie and Clyde was later in 65, wasn't mm, it? Oh, yeah. Like 69, Okay. Uh, but Dr. Zhivago, as you mentioned already, that was the number two movie of that year. And then you had Thunderball, James right. Bond going strong. Those magnificent men and their flying machines, that darn cat, the great race. Oh, you just put all those titles together. It's a really good movie. <laughs> cat Baloo. There's a lot of cat. What's mm-hmm. new Pussycat? There's three cat titles yeah. in, in top 10. Shenandoah and Von Ryan's Express, which I, I don't know a damn thing about Von Ryan's Express. And I see that title all the time. Mm-hmm. I need to look into that. Uh, best picture that year went to Sound of Music, I'd say deservedly. I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. Robert Wise picked up Best Director. Lee Marvin won Best Actor for Cat Baloo. And yes, Julie Christie won for Darling. Uh, it was well-received. Brought Bosley Crowther of the New York Times. We also had a quote from him for Gay to Hell. He remarked that director John Schlesinger had made a film that will set tongues to wagging and moralists wringing their hands. Uh the New York Herald Tribune said, everything you hope for, but rarely find in a film. Which, wow. Everything? Yeah, that was on a poster. So, I, yeah, I'd be curious to know, like, specifically what it is that's in this that you just don't find in another movie. But anyway, sure. uh, yeah, big hit that year, at least critically, won Oscar for Julie Christie in her acting role, of course, in costume design, as we mentioned. Right. Uh, black and white category for costume design this year. And also uh, won Best Original Screenplay for Frederick Raphael there. Dang. Uh, It was nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, Interestingly, it was the only Best Picture nominee that was not nominated in either of the supporting acting categories. So those, obviously, the supporters in this movie are just total, uh, just nothing to look at. So we don't even have to pay attention to them. And uh, it was the only film that year nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards that was not nominated for Best Picture at the Golden Globes. That is astounding. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, this is one of the rare movies where it appears that the reviews were better at the time of the release than they are now. Uh, Do you know who David Thompson is, writer? Sounds familiar. Uh, Is he actually The Post? What's that? No, sorry. Go ahead. No, he's a British writer. He, um, I'm not sure where, like, who, like, he, if I don't even know if he writes specifically for one newspaper. Uh, I have a book. It is called the New Biographical Dictionary of Film. I highly recommend it to anybody. It is a, a great little reference book to pick up. Nearly everything he writes, it doesn't matter if it's somebody he probably loves. 
there's something about it that just sounds like a complete pan. Like, sure. <laughs> and so uh, here's what he had to say about this movie in his uh, entry on John Schlesinger. Quote, deserves a place, uh, this is Darling, deserves a place in every archive to show how rapidly modishness withers. Beauty is central to the cinema, and Schlesinger seems an unreliable judge of it, overrating Christie and rarely getting close enough to the action to make a fruitful, stylistic bond with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's great. He's just filled with stuff. He doesn't like anything. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Malton in his film guide describes this movie as, quote, a trendy, influential 60s film in flashy form and cynical content. So um, I don't, that sounds like you know, I'm down with both those things, flash and cynicism. Bring it on. Sure. Uh, so Julie Harris is the costume designer who picked up the Oscar this year. She was born in 21 in London and started working uh, in 1947 in movies. She worked for 30-plus years. She worked with Hitchcock, Billy Wilder, etc. Uh, she worked on Swiss Family Robinson, the original Casino Royale, which was the spoof of a James Bond movie, I believe, right? Um, Live and Let Die, Rollerball, and The Great Muppet Caper, Craig. Uh, this was kind of funny. She also worked on A Hard Day's Night and the movie Help. And she was quoted as saying, I must be one of the few people who can claim they have seen John, Paul, George, and Ringo naked. So good <laughs> for her. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, shifted to TV movies a lot in uh, the late stages of her career and retired in 1991. Died in 2015 at the age of 94. So good for her. Um, yeah. New York Magazine wrote in 1971 uh, of mod fashion, and this is, yeah, this is the sort of swinging 60s here, uh, especially in London, in that scene. Described uh, it and its wares as, quote, the new déclassé English girl was epitomized by Julie Christie and Darling, a moral, rootless, emotionally immature, and apparently irresistible. So... Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know much about that scene at all outside no. of what I've seen in the Austin Powers movies. They're probably not the most reliable yeah. <laughs> uh, entry into that category, but we'll see. Um, miscellaneous facts here. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Hugo Dyson who played an uncredited character here, uh, or he had an uncredited role. I think he played a character named Walter. Uh, he was a fellow of Merton College, Oxford, and was also a member of the Inklings, which was a group of writers that included C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Hmm. However, he often loudly expressed his displeasure when Tolkien read early versions of his stories. He is recorded at one Inkling meeting as saying, quote, Oh, fuck, not another elf, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> which I can't, I, you know what? I think, yeah, if I was young and like having to hear him read these things, I would feel absolutely the same. <laughs> I felt that way watching some of the, the Hobbit movies. Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, Dirk Bogart, who you mentioned before, uh, it said in IMDb trivia that he was supposed to get about 8% of the net profits. And according to his biographer, uh, which is the awesomely named John Coldstream. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this had amounted to less than twenty thousand time twenty thousand dollars by the time of Bogard's death, uh, oh. which would probably surprise absolutely no one that works in the film industry, right? Maybe so yeah, yeah. Uh, IMDb says that if you like this movie, Craig, you're gonna love Billy Liar, Sunday Bloody Sunday, A Kind of Loving, Far from the Madding Crowd. I think all oh, those are all Schlesinger movies, and The Servant and The Go Between 
which I believe were not. Those were, let me look here because the director sounded familiar. Uh, Joseph Losey. Joseph Losey? Yeah. Uh, the Servant has Dirk Bogard. The Go-Between has Julie Christie. So there you go. Fair enough. Now, on this day in history, Craig, and this is, uh, what are we talking here? I think this was the U.S. release date, so that was August 3rd, 65, I believe. Rex Heflin, a highway inspector working in the area of Santa Ana, California, photographed a UFO. His four Polaroid photos, distinguishable from previous purported, purported pictures of such objects, would come to be considered among the most reliable evidence of the existence of UFOs because... Photographs in a Polaroid camera developed inside the camera, Craig. You probably didn't know that. Uh, With when one minute after being taken. So how do you fake those? How do you fake those, Sean? And earlier that week, police in Oklahoma, New Mexico, and elsewhere received multiple calls from witnesses who had seen objects flying very high and changing from red to white to blue-green in diamond-shaped formations. Um. That is the entry on Wikipedia's this, you know, like they do entries for entire years and then you can just yeah. go and find the day. And that's all they had on it. They didn't say anything else about what the status of those photos are at this point. I don't know. If you're a UFO nerd and know anything about that, uh, you know who to call. Yeah. Uh, fill in the blanks. Yeah. I can only assume... That just means aliens are real, and it makes right. me happy. Uh, Craig, that's it. That is Darling 1965. It is streaming as well on filmstruck.com right now. Amazon has it for sale on disc and digitally if you want to rent it there, which probably means it's at iTunes and other places. I think you should go watch it. You got mod fashion, Oscar-winning, black and white mod fashion, Craig. Mm-hmm. And you got Julie Christie picking up an Oscar. You got the screenwriter of Eyes Wide Shut picking up an Oscar. So there's a good pedigree for this movie that I had not heard of. I'll say, back when they all had the energy, the chutzpah, the moxie, you know? Yeah. This will be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I might get a little moxie on my shirt. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Don't know what that means. Bring napkins. <laughs> Okay, on that note, we should probably say goodbye. Uh, we will see you next time for the full dive, and come join us. Yes, please do. Make make tomorrow a Dankworth day. Schlesinger! <laughs>